Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. Thanks for listening to The Tour Coach. These are the players, coaches, experts, stories, and insights from my work on the PGA Tour at my retreats or my downtown teaching center in Mobile, Alabama. My goal is to shed light and share insights from the people who I've gotten to know and meet working on the PGA Tour and teach it through my career. And I hope this helps all of us play, coach, and teach better golf. If you like what you hear, please give us a good review and take a look at our new Dew Sweepers YouTube channel or the Dew Sweeper on Instagram, where I've taken some time to share videos of help from my teachings, travels, and journeys. So here we are, U.S. Open Week. I've actually remembered to turn the recorder on. I'm seeing the little voice thing go. So that's a start. That's a positive for me. But the last time I think we all three sat down to do one of these at a major, I think was at the PGA up at... Uh, it was at the U.S. Open at... Uh, it was in New York. Wingfoot. No, Baltusrol. No, no, not Baltusrol. Uh, Beth Page. Yes, it was a PGA. But that was Beth the PGA. Page, Beth Page. You're right. That's right. It Good was. memory. And the, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Surprise. So, of course, <laughs> why would you doubt my memory? Anyway, so, Colby, thanks for making the effort to come over. Greg, thanks for hosting me this week here. Course. I'm just glad you didn't have to kick me out tonight. I was going to for a little bit be work living on the street. It was touch and go. <laughs> so, Colby, I want to start with you. First of all, we had a great week last week. Really the first week we all got together for our elite performance program with the folks that come in just to work with us. I thought that was awesome. What did you think about that, Greg? I thought it was fantastic. A lot of good kids and adults, a nice little mix, and mm-hmm. they seemed to be motivated, and we were Working well together it was great, and they seemed to like it. I told Colby there was the most positive comments and texts by students I've had in a long time, like yeah. where people talked about how much they enjoyed it. A lot of comments about you, Greg, about how they – one of the guys, Cedric, who lives in Chicago from New York, Cedric made the comment that he didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, this was Mark, guy from Florida. He said he didn't know what to expect. And he'd read the itinerary, and he didn't figure possibly how it could work. That's what everyone else said. <laughs> yeah, right? And he's like, and he goes, then it was amazing. He's like, I'd be just standing there, and all of a sudden, Greg started talking to me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, next thing I know, I looked up, it's like 40 minutes later, and I've had this great talk. And then he said, like, couldn't believe how much everybody cared, how much energy everybody had for what they do. So I thought it was great. Here, we're with the best, best players in the world are here this week up at Brookline. Colby, you and I have talked before about what the best players do and how bad they want it, how hard they work. And it's no secret that the best players are the best players in the yep. world. And and even at the U.S. Open, I was like walking the range. Like you see some folks clearly that are just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. But then you can see the difference between the people that are here and expect to have a chance to compete and be here. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, from your experience, I mean, like JT, congratulations on the obviously on the PGA win. Thank you. I mean, talk about how hard he works and, 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 and the story about how, like, I mean, he wins PGA and then he goes and he wants a workout. Yeah, I mean, you know, we always talk about this. I think what the best players do the most is to be able to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, they stay on plan. Nothing really breaks their focus or their, their commitment to the process mm-hmm. is what I see more than anything. I think they do a lot of the little things the right way, too. Right. So... And to be able to do that says a lot about them, you right. know. And then it, and then the results kind of speak for themselves. Is the way I look at it. You take somebody like JT, he's he's always in the process. Like he's he's always wanting to get better. 
like he's always you know we won the p he won he won the pga championship and we literally were in the gym monday at 9 a.m in dallas mm-hmm. so i mean the thing for me is is the consistency over the time that we we have an opportunity to do things and they always choose to stay on plan and i think it's hard because i've had players have great stretches and great years and then it's human nature to rest on your laurels a little bit right not go and do all the workouts and do all the things that happen that are what got you to x y or z for a year and then and then you're like well why am i playing bad well Mm -hmm. i mean are you going to the gym Mm -hmm. all the time are you doing this are you talking to i think it's hard that's that's it's rare but that it's jt's a rare bird with that yeah i mean he is in in a lot of sense of saying that and then there's also a lot of other guys that are like that too Mm -hmm. i think they all have traits and and Dawkins kind of speak on this it's like they set goals and but there's always more goals mm-hmm. you know I think well so when you go in the gym with JT after the PGA yep and you're wanting to get better he's just won a major his second yep. major comes from behind what are you working on to get better I mean what is is I mean obviously oh, from a body standpoint yeah we're just staying immersed in the process like our goal at the beginning of the year and off season we wanted to get a lot stronger we wanted to build his body up to be able to play actually more tournaments this year really than he what he normally would this is the first year that he actually played before the major right i noticed he that. went into that stretch and he wanted to see how his body would respond to that you know when i sat down when it been the year because like when we got off from the playoff last year he had lost a bunch of weight mm-hmm. he felt like he lost some strength well that's a direct correlation to not getting in the gym when you're on the road so these guys, you know, what I try to preach to all my guys, to JT, to Max Homer, to Taylor Gooch, to Lucas Lever, to Harold Warner, like the guys that I have an opportunity and I'm fortunate to work with, is we always have to stay on plan. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to deviate from the plan. We're going we're gonna to trust the process, we're going to do the work, and we're going to let the results take care of themselves. So my goal for him was, which was I was so excited about because he was waiting. I was, I was getting ready to text him because the way I look at it is, you won a trophy yesterday. Yeah. Like, today's a new, new week. Day. New and week. It's time and he was get, playing the next time week. to get started. So the, what, what actually I got, I mean, I was completely ecstatic. I got a text from him first that he wanted to get in the gym. And if you go back five and a half years ago when I first met JT, JT was a guy that didn't like to work out. And he literally, when he called me, said, you're going to have to make me work out because I hate it. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're going to fix that. You know, and it's, it shows the show, the evolution of JT from a commitment standpoint, practicing and just his commitment to be one of the best in the world and to be one of the best players in the world, to get to them one in the world, like, that's what he's willing to do. He's willing to make those sacrifices. You can drink the beer out of the cup, and but Monday you got to get back to work because there's going to be guys waiting for you. Because it's a new week. And I was impressed. One, I noticed, I actually had noticed this week, last week, that he played. That's the first time I'd ever seen him play the week before majors. Mm-hmm. And... Then I noticed that he played in Dallas the week after, and I was like, that's different, mm-hmm. right? So you got to be, he's got to be doing something different to be yep. where he wants to do that. Yep. Greg? This also speaks to how challenging major weeks can be because these guys we're talking about have such consistent routines, and then you throw them in a circus like a major, and things can get off kilter quite a bit, yep. right? There's, there's more responsibilities they have. There's more people they have to talk to. There's more, I don't know, media stuff they have to do. So to remain consistent in the face of a changing schedule or a schedule that's not consistent is, is what these guys also do. I think that's really impressive, mm-hmm. right? So one of the guys I got last two days, 
was off the schedule. Like things were a little bit off. There was too much other stuff going on. Good stuff, but mm-hmm. like stuff that consumes some time. Today, a greater commitment to making more time for himself and things fall into place. So to okay. be able to be flexible, but be consistent at the same time, especially in weeks like this, I think is really, really important. I, I said to Grayson last week mm-hmm. when we texted about the schedule, and I said, like, you go to every Corn Farrier tour event and you're expecting to have a chance to contend. And he's like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why would this week the schedule be any different than what you do the other week? Correct. If you believe you're good enough. And he's like, okay, well, he's like, makes sense. And I mm-hmm. said, like, so in a normal, if you go to a tour event where you've played before, mm-hmm. you would play nine holes on Monday or Monday, Tuesday. If you're not in the pro-am, you just practice right. or whatever, or you play nine hole pro-am. And I said, but it's really challenging at these events to keep them because like, I think one of the things that I got to do better at this, but like he got in on Saturday night. Well, he's, he's antsy anyways. He's chomping at the bit today, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, you know, it's, it's, that's to me is what we do. Some of the most challenging at these events is to make them stay in their schedule. Yeah. My, the big thing that I try to do more than anything is keep it as consistent as possible on my end. Right. Like I know we look, we know it's major week. So that's going right. to be enough stress in itself. Yeah. Like what I'm trying to do is I want them to feel when they're in the gym, like this is where we're going to do the work and it's going to be consistent in this, like how we do it. Like mm-hmm. we're still going to get in three this week. That's their safe place. Correct. Like I want them to, I want them to feel like it's just a normal week and we're just getting to work and we're getting stuff that we need to do. We're still addressing the things we might be addressing from a body standpoint. If we're, we're constantly trying to get the body better. We're constantly wanting to make it move better. We want to train it in the right planes. So I'm not going to get them in on a, like a major week and all of a sudden I make them do this completely different workout that they've never seen before. Right. They wouldn't like, do Whoa. it. Whoa. And then it, it kind of throws them it's off. It's funny everything. you say that because that's, I noticed that a lot of majors, the approach to, to the practice rounds changes. Yeah. Like they feel like, and the courses are challenging. Don't get me wrong. And more challenging probably. Or they're new. That they have to do more work on the golf course mm-hmm. because of that. And then come Wednesday night, Thursday morning, they're dead. Yeah. They got nothing left. Yeah, and that's what I try to do. I want them to listen to their body. So I'm, I'm constantly communicating. Like a perfect example is like today I had two guys that I was going to train today and I said, hey man, just get off your legs. And one guy that was overseas came over and another guy just had a ton of media stuff. And it was just a lot of stuff for today. And we just, we just, we can go tomorrow. Like, right. you know, it's like it's nothing. I don't want to be put any more external stress on them than they already have. So, you know, it's the, we're going to be able to get it done. But sometimes you got to adapt. You got to change. From a teaching standpoint, I try to keep everything very familiar with only working on. I, I mean, I don't introduce anything different. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I mean, I don't see it, but I, I have seen teachers do it. But like for me, my thought is always like it should be as familiar as possible. Yeah. And you should be talking about stuff that you've done and had success with because they're already under enough stress yeah, the and they're done. wound so tight, the right? Work, the work should be yeah. done. Yeah. Like now it's go time. The That's work's right. done. If you're trying to get everything, if I'm trying to get their glute to just start working the week of the U.S. <laughs> Open, like we're in a bad spot. Well, you said something once too that stuck with me. I don't know because you, you said more isn't better. Better right. is better, Absolutely. right? So there's a tendency to want to do more yeah. on weeks like this. Yep. And that's one it's going to burn you out and two it's right. not part of your normal schedule you yeah. don't need to do anything different and that's a message for regardless that's of what, what level about you're to at say. that's yeah. like high school golfers because oh, i know yeah. you know we have like i have all these high school golfers down where i live and they're the future masters is next week mm-hmm. huge junior tournament mm-hmm. you got all these people and they're like 
he really needs an extra special two though. No, he he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, the like, done. right. Like, like the work's see. done. We yep. talk about it all the time. If you're doing the work, and you're you're immersing yourself in your process and your programming in the gym, then nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You know, the work's done. Like so, we're just yeah. going to be consistent. It's going to be like we're back in the gym, like we're always all. Like we're not, we're not trying to reinvent anything or try to change anything from a dynamic standpoint because the work's already done. So like, and when it was, you come into a week, then you can just go play golf. And it was interesting because I, I saw that with you even on a junior level a week ago when I brought the kids in in Jupiter that are in our elite program. Yeah. And the one girl, Steph, had a qualifier. I think the next day, yep. right. So you didn't do you did real familiar stuff with her with her golf with us with working on her golf. Oh yeah, but didn't do anything that was going to make her uncomfortable. No, no right? chance. And no. and then she comes, you know, and then the parents text her like they're so happy, and you kind of like we did. You're always you make your living not yeah. doing anything, Greg. I felt like we did that a little. <laughs> well, right, but that right? that's that's a hard thing to do for people. Right, Correct. get them to do nothing. Right. Well, and, and the big thing for me too is, is I already knew. I looked at you and I knew mm-hmm. that if I made her do something. And if she just felt a little off, then it's game over. Right. Like she would have never wanted to talk to me about fitness ever again because mm-hmm. she would have basically said I was sore from doing that workout and that's why I played bad. Right. And I wasn't going. I'm not going to bring the athlete down that lane. Right. You know, it's, it's a process. So a process for us too. Like we have. Right. We have. You know, our process of how we do things, the way I do things, the way Dr. Greg does things, even the way you teach things, like. We're at this level for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. It's not something that we jump off kilt, and you know the reason why Doc is successful as he is. The reason why I send my NFL guys and anybody I can to him mm-hmm. because I know the type Same. of person he is, you yeah. know, and the type of work he does, right. and it, it speaks for itself. He's not, in my opinion, this group, and why I've said it a thousand times. Why I'll drive to Miami, I'll drive anywhere, I'll, I'll do those camps for the rest of my career because it means something. Yep, right. Same to me. You know. And we have, a, I think, a similar approach in very different fields of simplifying things, right? Mm-hmm. And making them enjoyable or mm-hmm. understandable, right? Some of the stuff you do is complicated. A lot of the stuff you do is in terms of your understanding of it, but you're able to take it and give it to a kid, and he's like, oh, I get it, mm-hmm. right? Same way with the golf swing. And, and I think... We filmed a video. I showed him a video of a player that's struggling, Came mm-hmm. back, and I showed it to Colby today, and we filmed a little video mm-hmm. in the player services building, mm-hmm. right? That was super simple, and he and Colby gave me this great explanation about what was it neuro? Were you neuro loading the hip? Neuro loading the hip, right? right. Talked about it and explained it, and we had talked about some of that stuff down at Doral. I sent this guy a seven-second video mm-hmm. with a drill that did it without him having to think about it, yeah. right? And that's, to me, the beauty well, of it. Colby uses that term with an, a kid. The kid's going to yeah. zone out. Correct. But he he's able to explain what that means in, in simple terms, and they, they're attracted to that. It's, yeah. it's, it makes it more fun, I guess, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it, it's, it's results-driven, of course, but right. you want them to understand. Like, I can impress you with all these fancy words and this scientific mm-hmm. research, but at the end of the day, the kid's not loading his right side. In the end, that's what it is. At the end of the day, like if you do X, then you're going to be able to load your right side better. When you think about reactive neuromuscular training, when I'm trying to pull you in to that swing fall or that muscle imbalance, I'm correcting it. So, I mean, you can get deeper. There's plenty of layers yeah. to the onion. But at the end of the day, it's it's a lot easier for me to say, stand on one leg. If you stand on one leg and you rotate into your trail leg, 
you're going to load your hip better. Mm-hmm. And I'm fixing foot instability, ankle mobility, knee stability, hip mobility, all in that exercise. And he just thinks he's turning on one leg. But it does a lot. I think that's one of the arts of coaching, teaching, training. What you do, Greg, is being able to get a bunch of stuff done without having to tell them a lot of things. Yeah. yeah right? right? And make connections with people. And look, and we do joke, like, I help people do nothing, right? <laughs> but athletes don't want to do nothing because they think, well, if I'm not doing something, I'm not working hard enough. I'm being complacent. Yeah. Well, go play a bad round and try not to go to the range. That's hard. That takes that takes it's discipline. Hard. That takes hard work. It's easy to just walk up to the range and make balls. Anyone could do that. Especially for somebody that's grown up or is coming up where they're like people like you're talking about, Jake, like they've yeah. been programmed their whole life that if you hit more balls or you work harder, you're going to be more successful, right? right? And There's so, no guarantees. Right? You can work hard and you got nothing to show for it in this game. Right. Sometimes. Yep. Right. But like, so it's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Very hard to let go. Yes. When is the right time to go to the range, Greg? When is, when if you, you when like you, when it? You, when you play bad. Like what, what, so, because I think this is a good question for folks when they play bad yeah. or parents that have kids. Right. So when the kid plays bad, what's the right way for them to, to get better to practice? I think hit? if you shift your perspective on what a session after the round means, it's not to fix anything. It's to make yourself feel good. And if you enjoy it, have at it. If you think it's going to make you a better player or fix what you've already done, I don't think it's going to do it. I mean, I would venture to say 90 percent of the time you have a bad round or hit the ball bad. Nothing's wrong. You just got in your own way a little bit or things didn't go your way or you compounded some errors, but it's always going to still be in there. Look, some people like hitting balls. You like doing it. Right. I, I think fa- it's making you better all the time. It's not, it's, that's not correct. I've found, especially over the last few years, that if somebody goes and has a bad round when they've been on a good path and they're playing well, there's one of a few things. One, their setup, something's messed up in their setup, and it's mm-hmm. simple. Right. Or two, their body's not moving as well as it normally does. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've said something to Colby and you look at the video and you're like, well, there's no way this guy's hips or whatever. Right. And then you ask the player and they're like, oh, I slept terrible last night or I, you know, I went out and I had a bunch of drink, didn't drink any water or stuff like that. Or they've, you know, they've whatever parents got rarely, on a kid or something. Rarely like. the golf swing. I think it's a lot of that. It's a lot of stories you tell yourself about what what the round means and you're getting in your own way and you're getting all tense and right mentally but i think it's rarely specific technical thing that has to do with the golf swing i agree because i don't i don't think you roll out of bed and all of a sudden your golf swing's very different from the day before you may not be moving as well ball might be in a different (laughs) spot you might be aimed a little different but it's more that to me it's more you for me like my work when you get into a tournament you got to keep their body moving the way it needs to be, and they've got to be thinking the way they need to be. Normally, as from a golf coach perspective, poor performance at a tournament is normally one of those two things mm-hmm. if I've done my job before they get there. Yeah. yeah, and I think players, this gets back to doing what's easy. It's easy to just say, hey, my golf swing screwed up. i got to fix it. Right. right. And everybody thinks that if they go to the range, and I think one of the things we battle is and Colby, you're so good at this with our folks at the retreats. Like, is understanding that there's really not like one more thing that we're going to give you that's going to make you a superstar. It's really getting better at the two or three things that we're asking you to do, and just getting better at doing them more of the time. That that's what it is. I mean, the guys that come to the retreats and girls or players when they've achieved a certain level of physical competency, all it is is trying to is getting it out more times. Right. That's it. You don't have to get any better. 
So you're at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Or you're at the Future Masters. What can you do to help you access? Because that, well, that's what we've talked about before. Yeah. Access and you're good. More than access. More of it. Yeah, I think what happens with with athletes in every sport is they start engaging too much in the stories they tell themselves and what they're thinking and not what they're doing. Right? This shot means this. I have to do this. Oh, good players don't think that way. I can't think that. I got to do it. You haven't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah, and you swing the golf club doing that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, we talked to the kids down there this weekend, and I think people are sort of relieved to know this that there's no wrong way to think until you think what you're thinking is wrong. Because I mean, there's been guys win majors that are that have negative attitudes, right? And say absolutely, crummy get stuff mad at to themselves. themselves. There's nothing. There's no right way to think. But if you think what you're thinking is incorrect, you're going to try to change it, and now you've created a problem. So from your standpoint, Colby, this week, like, what do people need to do, whether a junior golfer or you're here at the U.S. Open, what, what are the keys or what are the things to be able to perform better? I think it's, it's believing and knowing what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing the right stuff. Like, you, you, it's what you want to do. It's what you're trying to accomplish, and you're, you're invested in that process. And it's believing your process works for you. Your your process doesn't have to be the next guy's process. The way you warm up doesn't need to be the way JT warms up. And the way you warm up doesn't need to be the way, you know, John Rahm warms up. Like, it's your warm-up. And I think the sooner, the more you own it, then it becomes yours. And you have to own it. you got to own your work. But you also got to own the fact that you can't be mad about the results you get for the work you didn't do. Wow. That's good. And that's what I tell my guys. Like, if you want this and you want that, you set these goals. That's fine. We can accomplish these goals. But you got to own it. Well, let me ask you this, Greg. Do you think some of the anger, or not anger, but some of the frustration from players when they play poorly is more frustrated with themselves because they know they didn't do some of the work? and they, Yeah, I think they there's some judgment. You know? Yeah. Where it guy, doesn't mean. Because there's got to be a guy goes, like, that he had a good chance coming into a tournament. And they don't play good, and they go like, I know I wasn't in the gym, or I know I took that week off, and I went and I did this. You know, there's got to be some. I think so. I think there's that. It, it's the it's judge. They start judging themselves, mm-hmm. right? And it's hard not to. But that's a purely physical thing. A guy runs out of gas because he wasn't didn't put the work in. You can't swing the golf club like you're supposed to, right? You need a lot of energy, not just physical, but mental energy takes up a lot of energy, and you got to be prepared for that. And Kobe, talk about mental energy. I've learned a lot from you. I've been with you at a bunch of tournaments about how much dang food you've got to eat when you're on there. Like, I don't think that's something very many people. Yeah. Focus, I mean, like you have. It's amazing yeah. how much. I remember when Smiley was at Augusta, like, and, and I remember we all watched that. Like, and it's the same for a kid playing in a big tournament. Yeah. Like, man, they ex- they exert a lot of effort and energy. Yeah. I mean, just because you're a, you're a young adult or you're younger doesn't mean you still don't need food and fuel and nutrients. And you need, it's what you put in your body. Like I tell people, you would put diesel in a Ferrari. <laughs> so if you're going to put diesel in you, then you're going to probably get that result. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it requires, like, like Doc says, that, like, you expel so much energy physically, but also mentally draining. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's physically tired and it's mentally tired, mm-hmm. you know, where you're out there. And then when you have both, then it's really bad. You know, so I mean, it's like, like I tell those guys at the retreat and those kids at the retreat, like, it's literally if you walk up to the starting tee, first tee, and they say, you can have three extra clubs today. What would you, yeah, right. like, every one of them would do. It. Right. So but even COVID, at this level, fit. you see mm-hmm. how many guys don't. I know. You're out there for 
And that's what I see all the time. Like, I usually, I basically make a living basically making guys, make guys drink water and eat food. Yeah, right. Like, that's right. part of my job. Like, like, you'd be amazed how many guys I walk up on a putting green and I've been watching them grind with a putting coach or a short game coach and I'm watching them and I make a loop and there's no, I know they hadn't, they hadn't drank any water, hydrated or ate any food. It's so it's great, like, what do you expect to have? It's a great selling point for our team. Colby uh, helps guys drink water and I help guys do nothing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, I want Hydration job. and nothing. <laughs> right. Hydration and nothing. It's a yeah. simple formula. Look, I tell my guys the same thing. Like, number one, you have your fitness and your nutrition and your recovery is literally like having three extra clubs in your back. Mm-hmm. Some guys like fitness. They don't like doing the recovery. They don't eat right. So you only get one club today. So it's the same thing. So you can't have one without the other. And what I'm trying to do is like if we're trying to accomplish a goal, and it's like anything else. It's like four tires on a car. Like you have to have rest. You have to have recovery. You have to have nutrition. You got to have the fitness side. So if you're not willing to do that, if we're a goal is a mile down the street we only got two tires on a car we're never going to get there right and that's what i try to make them that goes back to them owning it that goes back to them doing and immersing themselves in the process and making the steps to get better and the 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 good thing is is when you start to see guys start to make that transformation they start to own it more like they're more conscious about what they're doing i want guys to eat after every three holes yeah. And I don't care if you have to go to the bathroom and urinate because that means everything's working. So that's good. That's right. So at the end of the day, like, that's not a bad thing when you have to pee or you have to go to the bathroom like three times around compared to none. Like, none's a bad sign. From a physiological <laughs> standpoint, right. yeah, that's oh, yeah. a bad sign. It's already too late. Yeah. So now I'm trying to get you to concentrate and make critical decisions and like be strategic on the golf course. And if you're dehydrated at 2%, you already start to lose cognitive response and abilities and if you get down to as little as five percent which is really not a lot you're already starting to lose performance like mm-hmm. strength and speed and it all goes in the, and then that's when you start to see the second day the next day their body starts to be tired and, and more sore because like you're not giving the body what it needs to recover and heal and be able to perform. how do you help somebody recover and also like well, how is how important is the recovery part also to mental fatigue it's just as mental important fatigue. to me recovery is just as important as a trainer because like I, i'm gonna train you for an hour and you've got 23 other hours to do the stuff that you need to be able to do to recover correctly and hydrate and all that stuff so recovery is just as important as training so you have to drink the, the fluids you got to be hydrated and you got to put the right nutrients in your body the electrolytes and the calories that are good calories like i said if you put diesel in a ferrari it's not going to go it's the same thing with the human body you don't see as many guys walking around tour events anymore drinking diet cokes all day like you used to and stuff like that you know i mean you really don't and i was talking with somebody at golf magazine that they're like he was luke was bringing up to me how different he thought what we did was where colby was like the lines between swing coach fitness performance coach mental performance coach mm-hmm. aren't that different anymore we all kind of do a lot of the same things and we all work together as a team yeah. and he was saying how he thought that was different and i and i but i do think that is like we all know our lines and swing, sing from the same songbook but we all we all have a lot of the same responsibilities yeah. towards keeping the player on their mm-hmm. old deal yeah yeah i agree and that's one of the the fortunate things that i enjoy being on this team because to be a team you have to work together right and I, I think that's what we all do so well we do work good together Agreed. greg what do you think is going to be a key for somebody playing well this week you know i mean it's a grueling week i think this is yeah all the four majors i think this is kind of like because we all know the whole deal with where the u.s open tries to beat the heck out of you keep it around par yeah. like to me 
It's you almost be... see guys that look like today on the range, almost like they're dreading it a little bit. You can tell the ones that yeah. aren't sharp. I think you said it. There are some guys that are just happy to be here and they're having a good time, which hey, maybe that'll be a good thing. But uh, we were walking out today and they're already syringing the greens. Like these, it's going to get crispy and it's going to get blown a little bit and it could be really hard. It could be dicey by Saturday. Yeah. Sunday. So cliche, patience. But bogeys aren't bad sometimes, right? And there's a few holes that are gettable out there and you just got to be maybe a little more aggressive on those. But if you stay patient, avoid big numbers it's the same thing with every major i guess but this really puts that to the test it's not going to be a birdie fest obviously i think if you could stay patient and then i think you go into colby stuff i think if you stick with your thing and you do the recovery because i think you see every year you see guys they're up there through friday start to fade a little saturday and sunday you look at the board and they're nowhere Right. To be seen, their golf game didn't just fall apart right. on Saturday and Sunday, right? Oh, right? It's intense pressure. So it is. It's a lot. You know, awesome stuff, guys. Always, Colby. Thanks for all you do for us. Yep. Man, it helped so much. I mean, those kids are getting so good, and and the and I know all the folks in the elite program have had a blast with us. And Doc, thanks for doing nothing. You got it. Anytime. I'm happy. To, <laughs> I'm happy to do it. <laughs> I mean, hosting me. I mean, what more could a person need? That's true. That's not doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome. I appreciate y'all sitting in. Appreciate right. you guys. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors, Shrikshan, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines, for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Dew Sweepers channel on YouTube as well as the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to DewSweepersGolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.